This is Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Scott Bertram. We're joined now by Al Stewart. He's director of the Nimrod Education Center here at Hillsdale College. And also Rob Keck, a conservationist, uh, formerly was the uh, president, the CEO, I should say, of the National Wild Turkey Federation, uh, director of conservation at Fast Pro Shops. He's done a whole lot. He's with us here today as well. Rob, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. What a beautiful day. What a beautiful campus. It's an honor to be here. Thanks. Uh, we'll, we'll come back and talk with Rob in a bit, but we've got to set some uh, some foundation here with Al, I think, first, because the Nimrod Education Center is brand new here at Hillsdale College, and Al is, in fact, the very first director of the Nimrod Education Center. Um, so I'm going to say the full title first, and then I'm going to ask you what it is. So it is officially the Nimrod Center for Education in Areas of Consumptive Sport and Recreational Hunting and Fishing, but known to us as the Nimrod Education Center. What is it, Al? Yeah, that's that's kind of a mouthful when you put put it all together uh, like that. But the the uh, main main tone of it is the the Nimrod Education Center, and the goal or the mission is to inform the public, the non-hunting public in particular, about the contributions that hunters, anglers, and uh, recreational shooters make to conservation every time they participate. So it you know it's a pretty simple mission. And uh, we're going to be incorporating that more and more into college curriculum here here at Hillsdale. Plus, this is a national program, mm-hmm. so it's uh, you know this this is has the opportunity to be really big nationally to uh, change the tone of uh, the science involved with wildlife management and fisheries management. Tell uh, tell us a little bit about why and how Hillsdale is involved with this. So Hillsdale uh, College is involved because Alan Taylor, who is the uh, president of the Nimrod Society, uh, has been working on this uh, topic uh, for a a long time, actually. And uh, he helped to establish the Wildlife Council in Colorado and was very uh, instrumental in developing the Wildlife Council in Michigan, and the 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 goal of these councils is again to inform people uh, about what conservation is all about and who pays for conservation, and that's hunters and anglers and um, target shooters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's a pretty simple model, uh, and the funding source is is very clear, and how it works is uh, been in existence for a, a long time, a- and we know it's very effective. Rob, uh, I, I gave you a very brief introduction, but tell, tell our listeners a little bit about you and what you've done uh, and why this uh, effort and Nimrod is so important to you. Well, in running the Wild Turkey Federation for almost three decades, we were responsible for leading the way in the restoration of the wild turkey. We worked with state agencies, and at that time, Al was turkey project leader with Michigan DNR. We had a chance to work together as we worked with all of those state fish and wildlife agents across the country to make the return of the wild turkey one of the greatest game management feats uh, ever. And uh, along with that, we worked hard to preserve our hunting heritage. It was part of our mission. And uh, we did a lot of programs with youth, women, people with disabilities, and we worked very closely with the firearms industry because we understood what they meant to funding of conservation. Many people have a challenge in understanding that hunting is conservation, conservation is hunting. And in my latter years, the uh, last 12, I was director of conservation with Bass Pro Shops. 
and uh, worked very, very uh, closely with all the state fish and wildlife agencies and a lot of the NGOs, too, a lot of the conservation, non-governmental organizations, and then had a chance to chair the board of the Wonders of Wildlife National Museum and Aquarium in Springfield, Missouri, and it just has a direct tie to what's happening here at Hillsdale, and we're excited about the Nimrod Education Center and what it may mean to provide the kind of spokespersons, Mm -hmm. the kind of leadership that we need out there so we become more politically relevant to the general public. Yeah, we have listeners, of course, all across the country. Some of them are going to be in bigger cities, and they just might not have the opportunity to have been exposed to these sorts of consumptive sports. What was it for you? Why did you enjoy it? And, and, and why did you make it such a big part of your life? It's a passion. I've oftentimes said passion's the emotional gasoline that will take you to higher levels of achievement. Started with my dad, my granddad, as a young kid, hunted with them and, uh, you know, just grow through the years that, uh, you know, turkey hunting was, was very special in our family, although we hunted ringneck pheasants, white-tailed deer, and other things. And that passion then really began to, to grow into what became a profession. And uh, it's that kind of, uh, of bend that took me on this road. I started out actually as an educator. I was a high school teacher and uh, then went on and won some turkey calling championships, the U.S. Open and the world. And uh, it's just sort of being at the right place at the right time when the National Wild Turkey Federation was trying to get off the ground that helped me... Uh, be able to take and launch what was inside of me on a much bigger landscape. We'll get back to Al in a moment here as we talk about the Nimrod Education Center here at Hillsdale College. But you mentioned something I wanted you to discuss a bit further, and that is uh, the the misperception, I guess, uh, about what consumptive sports mean to conservation, right? People... You, know, you go and you, you're taking fish out of the waters. You're, you know, you're taking deer, you're taking turkey out of the wilderness. How, how is hunting and fishing actually part of the conservation effort? Well, first of all, it's biblical. I mean, you don't have to look far in the Bible to find that out. But managing our wildlife is very, very important. Managing the herds, managing the populations, managing those fisheries so they don't become overpopulated. Removing disease and weakened critters from, from those populations and uh, management is a very important key to having healthy and vibrant populations of all types of wildlife. And many people, they don't understand that, uh, you know, it's not out there about killing. It's all about going out there, having an experience, an experience that uh, is sacred. It's one that uh, has a lot of responsibility that goes with it. It's, it's ethical. It's not just going out there willy-nilly, uh, you know, shooting up the woods. Uh, it comes under, you know, the guidelines of laws. And uh, as hunters, we go through hunter education. And it really is an appreciation then that uh, we give back because what it helps do is preserve a quality of life. Who out there in the public, you may not hunt, but I'll bet you love hearing a flock of Canada geese going over. <laughs> or maybe you've been to Yellowstone, you've heard elk bugle, mm-hmm. or you've seen a herd of deer or uh, a flock of turkeys. And so management is very, very important. And management means we're going to harvest. We're going to take some of those critters Mm -hmm. out of there, some of the older age class, some of the weak, the young. And we put them on the table, too, because that table fare is, well, it helps feed a growing nation. Uh, Rob Keck is with us and Al Stewart as well. Al is the... uh 
director of the Nimrod Education Center. Uh, the educational aspect, Al, of the Nimrod Center, how, how do you see the educational opportunities and the outreach working here at Hillsdale? Yeah, so Hillsdale is very well positioned, you know, with the educational level of it and uh, the liberal arts side of it with outstanding students. And so we'll incorporate our natural science message in, into the programs that are already here and in place. We will be putting on like seminars, conferences, uh, meetings that will involve people at national and international levels to expand our uh, base and our information about what uh, conservation is all about. And again, who helps to pay for that through yeah. hunters and anglers? And so that that's uh, an aspect of it. We, we also are very fortunate here at Hillsdale to uh, be associated with the USA Olympic shooting team. So Hillsdale is now the home of the USA Olympic shooting team, the people who represent this country around the world mm -hmm. in shooting. And so uh, that's part of this program. So we'll be able to expose others who are, are maybe unfamiliar familiar with firearms, but want to learn more. And the, the Halter Shooting Center is set up, you know, just very well placed to be able to do that. And we'll participate in more of those programs too. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that. The, uh, the John Anthony Halter Shooting Center, which is here on Hillsdale's campus. Um, how can uh, Nimrod, or how's Halter, I guess, going to further the efforts of, of the Nimrod Education Center? Well, again, students here uh, have the ability and most of them participate in um, learning how to introduction to firearms. And as part of that course, I, I, I help teach about the history of conservation and you know how, how does firing uh, a firearm pay for management of wildlife in any mm -hmm. fashion. So there's things like the Pittman-Robinson funds and if you're in fishing, the Dingle-Johnson funds. And those all go in uh, based on hunting licenses and fishing licenses to help fund what we all know and what Rob was talking about is the quality of life associated with yeah. seeing wildlife or just going fishing and, and catching a fish for your, for a meal or to take your son or daughter out fishing. I mean, what's greater than being out there, you know, trying and hoping to catch the largest fish in the lake? <laughs> Al, you were part of the Michigan Department of Natural Resources for 50 years, and I'll ask this question to, to, to Rob afterwards, but how would you describe the way this conservation effort has changed over that time, that's a that's five decades worth of experience talking. How do you think that this effort has changed, and, and how will uh, Nimrod here at Hillsdale help push it forward? Yeah, so the, the the there's a thing that's been put together called the North American uh, Wildlife Conservation Model, and that's that's really the premise that was set forth uh, by people like Teddy Roosevelt, and. That's been able to move us forward. Aldo uh, Leopold, you know, played a hand in that as one of the first game uh, professors, wildlife professors in, in the country to teach about wildlife and wildlife management. And, and so we'll continue to build off of that. And I've seen the changes then from this foundation of in, in the earlier part of it, you know, prior to when I started, but, you know, in the 1900s, you know, many wildlife species were pushed almost to the brink of extinction uh, because of habitat destruction. And, you know, as, as our nation began to grow, but when things like wild turkeys, like Rob talked about, you know, they, they went from a, from a species of scarcity to an animal of abundance now. And that had to do with 
these funds that hunters and uh, you know had contributed to these restoration activities and you know on the fisheries end of it here in the great lakes around michigan mm-hmm. um like michigan is you know a really nice lake has beautiful sand beaches and sand dunes um but we had an invasive species called an alewife that came in here when we opened the shipping channels around niagara falls and that fish came up into the great lakes and prospered at the same time there were things like ale or i mean uh, things like lampreys that came up and then uh, impacted lake trout, native species. But alewives then really expanded, but then they died. You know, they would have these massive die-offs. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine the, the great beaches that we have here in Michigan being so laden with dead, stinking fish that, you know, the communities had to use bulldozers just to push them off to the side? Well, anglers are who help bankroll yeah. bringing in salmon which then ate the alewives. So today we don't have that problem. And so you and I could go over to Lake Michigan and walk the beaches, look for Petoskey stones, mm-hmm. and those it's it's a beautiful beach. This is not stinky fish. <laughs> yeah. You know, so so that's you know, that's how conservationists, hunters and anglers have really made a difference that every day we don't see. Yeah. We don't see it, but in reality it's there. Another thing is like the bald eagle, you know, a species that was on the brink of extinction, which is, you know, the national symbol of this country, of which there are really great bronzes of eagles around this campus. Yes, indeed. A- and um, hunters and anglers helped to provide the habitat for other species that allowed a bald eagle then to prosper. And now we have more bald eagles than we've had in hundreds of years. And so here it is, our national symbol going from next to nil to very common. And what moved that dial in the last, you know, 60, 70 years is the contributions that hunters and anglers made to Mm. conservation. So that's what the Nimrod Society and the Nimrod Education Center will help inform people about these changes. Uh, Rob, if your bio is to be believed, you've been fishing since 1955, hunting since 1958. That's also a lengthy period of time. How, how would you describe the changes you've seen uh, in those activities since then? Well, what we've seen is such a, an increase in the uh, types of equipment that hunters use. You look at uh, whether it's the clothing and camouflage. I mean, back in the 50s, uh, World War II camouflage might have been worn, most times uh, just a plaid shirt. But today we've got technical clothing that uh, wasn't available back then to deal with the many elements. We've got uh, turkey calls that weren't even thought about back in the 50s that uh, have been, you know, grown uh, into a level of prominence in industries that have shot up around the restoration of so many of these different game species. Things like trail cameras and climbing tree stands and uh, just a myriad of products out there that weren't there in the 50s, 60s, and sometimes even the 70s. And, uh, you know, I look at solar-powered flashlights yeah. and, uh, you know, so many items which have made it easier. Sometimes we'd even say too easy uh, compared to back in, in the old days. But I don't want to go back to the old times because what we have seen, and I've seen this through a lot of the conservation organizations, and of course the National Wild Turkey Federation that I headed up for 30 years, was that people learned to put back more than they took away. They really became accustomed to what it would take 
to have turkeys for the future. Mm-hmm. When you think about the upper Midwest, turkeys were gone for over a century. And generations went by without anybody hearing the gobble of a wild turkey. And they said, we don't want to let that happen again. People dug deeply into their pockets. We saw them out there working on habitat improvement work, planting food plots, and doing all kinds of things that will benefit wildlife, and not just wildlife that is hunted, Mm -hmm. songbirds, and many, many other critters out there that uh, are vital uh, to the entire ecosystem. So... There was a lot of change, change in thinking, changing in gear and products, and uh, we live in the golden age of wildlife. We live in the golden age of hunting and fishing. I'll tell you, at first-hand experience, you've done well enough uh, that we have turkeys in our yard constantly, <laughs> which is great, which is fantastic. Blame that on Al. <laughs> uh, Rob, I mean, you, you, you could be anywhere this weekend. Instead, you were here on Hillsdale College's campus helping us launch the Nimrod Education Center. Why is this effort so important to you, and why do you think that what, what we're doing here with the Nimrod Education Center is so necessary? We have to become more politically relevant in this country if we, in fact, are going to pass along this rich hunting heritage, this rich fishing heritage to our kids and our grandkids and those that come after that. We have to develop spokespersons that can speak intelligibly, can speak with authority, and can share the good stories about why hunting and fishing are good for conservation. Today, sometimes we're our own worst enemies. When I look at social media, we've got hunters that uh, put up photos that aren't very tasteful. And so the leadership that would come out of Hillsdale through the Nimrod Education Center will have a chain effect on how we address these issues politically how we address them socially, and help develop the kind of spokespersons and, and leaders in the media to try to touch the non-hunting public. Rob Keck with us and Al Stewart, who's the director of the Nimrod Education Center. Uh, Al, before we go, we, we probably should say a few words uh, about the name, uh, the Nimrod Education Center and the Nimrod Society. Uh, w- what is the Nimrod Society all about, and, and how did it become... The, you know the name for what we're doing here at Hillsdale. Yeah, it's an interesting name, and and Alan Taylor, you know, helped come up with that uh, when he developed the uh, Nimrod Society, and then uh, used that name or suggested the name be used for the endowment that he has done here at the college. And it, it's a unusual name today, but for ever, it's really been a very positive name, uh, Nimrod. Was, was the uh, great hunter under the Lord through Genesis. So it has, you know, uh, re- re- very firm religious backgrounds. He helped uh, establish Babylon. And uh, so that, you know, ships, so a lot of things have built, really been positive related to the, the Nimrod term. But today, if you say Nimrod, people are like, huh, oh, a beginner. Uh, you know, it, it may not always carry... A positive connotation sometimes. So uh, what happened is if you Google, you'll find that it's one of those words that has had a, a change in meaning, yeah. even to the dictionary level. And, and so, and how did that even occur? Well, that happened in, you know, in about the 50s with um, Bugs Bunny cartoons. <laughs> and at the end of every cartoon session, Bugs Bunny would say to Elmer Fudd, tongue in cheek, you're a Nimrod, you're a doofus. And from that, 
baby boomers and others, then took away this negative, somewhat negative connotation of what that term means. And in, in reality, you know, it's, it's a very special name. And uh, so we're, we're going to keep it very special and we're going to move forward with, uh, you know, what the original definition was, you know, mighty hunter under the Lord and uh, move forward with that. Al Stewart, director of the Nimrod Education Center. Rob Keck, conservationist, former director of conservation at Bass Pro Shops, former CEO of the National Wild Turkey Federation, uh, both here as we launch the Nimrod Education Center here at Hillsdale College. Thanks to both of you for joining us. Hey, thanks so much for having us. Good luck to you. And I'll, I just want to say to you, good luck in all of your work. Well, it's very important. Thank you, Rob. You, you've been a great leader in conservation. I'm excited to be here at Hillsdale and move this forward. Thank you. More of our interviews and conversations on our SoundCloud page. Go to soundcloud.com, search for WRFH Radio Free Hillsdale. And I'm Scott Bertram on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM.